0: War in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to the John DePietro Show. Folks, remember for all your tree service, well, you want to call Yankee Tree. Call them today, 401. 439-6028. you're listening to the John DePetro Show, folks. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, mm-hmm. depetro.com It is Thursday, my goodness. Is this really the final day of June? It is the final day of June. What a month it has been. Folks, this portion of the program is brought to you by PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Stop it and see them. Full-scale nursery. They're waiting for you. Located 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown. They're open seven days a week everything you need to make your home your property stand out screen lumen ultra available pickup and delivery full-scale nursery everything you need plus tropical mandevillas vegetable plants and herbs large selection beautiful patio pots hanging in patience, hanging pots 10 inch 12 inch moss baskets annuals perennials trees and shrubs they're open seven days a week look for them on facebook it's pr landscape materials in garden center well folks i want to um Just mention and offer a compliment to the uh, Rhode Island Republican Party. They had their convention last night at Rhodes and the Patuxent. I regret not going. Uh, A lot of times that's kind of a boring affair. But they, they have a full slate of candidates. And they have a great number of candidates running for both the House and the Senate. We need more balance up there. We need less people in the past. Sometimes people run unopposed. So obviously, you know, a lot of people look at the top of the ticket. They have Ashley Kalis is their Republican challenger nomination uh, candidate for governor, basically running unopposed. They have uh, Aaron uh, Gorkian, who's running for lieutenant governor. Our friend Pat Cordalessa is running for secretary of state. Chaz Kalunda will t- be taking on Attorney General Peter Narona. And then they also have this James Northrup who's running for general treasurer. But the most interesting part of the race is bob lancia and i give him a lot of credit he looked at the landscape he did the right thing he is not challenging alan fung alan fung basically has a free ride he has a someone put their name in at the last minute prompted by the democrat party but by and large you know there's two situations that are uh playing out here one is that alan fung basically will go you know there won't be, it won't be a bloody primary won't be bombs thrown at him i don't i I don't know if he'll even do a debate. He probably do some kind of a debate, and then, um, and then you have the situation where, com- comparatively, uh, congressional district two. Also, Alan Waters got the nomination. He's challenging David Cicilline, but just sticking with Fung for a moment now. Seth Magaziner. That's going to be a rough primary, and the one to watch is this woman Sarah Morgenthau. She's very aggressive. She's got real roots in Washington. Uh, she is not going to go away quietly the rest of the field is a little quiet uh, there's a big time progressive that's endorsed by elizabeth warren david siegel but he so far he's running a stealth campaign and then uh, joy fox is also uh, running a very quiet campaign but the two to watch is that sarah morgathor if she could gain some momentum she certainly could make an argument against magaziner she's gonna give him problems and trouble plus she's a female and this could start to break into a gender thing you know seth magazine or is do we really just want to send another white male to washington i think she is someone i think that's a race to watch i don't know if she can beat him but she's going to make him work hard and she's not going to go away quietly uh fung will not have a tough time with this primary and then the other uh on the other side that gubernatorial primary whoever emerges that's going to get rough Now, you have three that are really vying for it. Governor McKee, Secretary of State Nelly Gobea, and this Helena Folks. McKee is in a tough spot. McKee is trying everything he can. Now he's doing the Rhode Island Momentum campaign or uh, tour, whatever that means. Now, today he's going to sign to give driver's license to illegals, that if they put that on the ballot, that fails. He is strictly trying to go for the Latino vote. Folks, she has money she's also not going to go quietly no one's going quietly in that race McKee is going to give everything he has if Governor McKee is not careful he could finish third in that primary now Nellie Gorbea uh you know she right now in the latest poll true she's the leader but she's only got 24 can she get to 34 could she get to 40 what's it going to take to win that you know there's, it's not a huge amount that they're vying for 10% are, are already going to be accounted for of you know some of these lesser candidates so you have three people with a pie of 90% of the vote now that's if they all were to get 30% which they're not so conceivably you got to figure out what's what's the what how much do you really need to win that primary so we could end up being that you only need about 35 to 36 percent to win that democrat primary for governor if someone could get to 40 percent well then you know they're really in in a good position because you're not battling for 100 percent of the vote you're going for 90 percent of 90 percent of the vote because of some of the the lesser candidates so but if if i i don't know there's 30 percent undecided how come gorbea can't get you know can Gor, gorbea get to 30 percent uh mckee's at 20 helena folks is at 16 she is the most to gain if if uh folks can get grab 20 percent of the undecided and jump to 36 if gorbea grabs 10 percent of the undecided puts her at 34 folks beats her and governor mckee could end up third in the primary now, if Governor McKee says, I can get to 30%, I can get to, you know, the problem with Governor McKee, can he really pick up 15 points right now in this polling? I That would be half of the undecided. But the problem is they know him because it's basically he's like the incumbent. So what does he do over the next 30 days? Folks, the month of July is going to be interesting because that's when people start to feel they need to take chances. It's going to be very, uh, we're going to be covering it all. And again, July and August, early voting starts that that last week of August. So the battle's going to be, you know, July, they're going to be circling each other. And then I think as soon as August hits, somebody's going to draw blood and go after someone else. Because otherwise, you just feel like your campaign is going nowhere. All right, we're going to have it all up on the website, plus the latest on that FBI raid on the Manor North Kingstown. They're saying participate in the J6 protesting day. A lot ahead on this Thursday. You're listening to the John DePietro Show j perry paving folks you can depend on j perry paving they provide high quality fair pricing exceptional service over 20 years experience specializing in commercial paving residential paving seal coating patios and much more call them today for a free quote 401 732 1730 j perry paving they are tremendous they also how about this once a month They provide a free paved driveway to a veteran. And remember, whether it's a brand-new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, call J. Perry Paving for a free quote. It makes a huge difference in your property, in your home, in your driveway or patio. 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. 401-732-1730. You can also find them on Facebook. They're terrific. Hey, get that driveway paved Call and book an appointment now, 401-732-1730 for J. Perry Paving. Sting To the John DiPietro Show weekdays, we start at 11, we go until 2. It's a.m. 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, Depetro.com. It's time for our legal segment. We've been looking forward to it all week. And with us is one of Rhode Island's top attorneys. He is our legal expert attorney, Tim Dodd. And Tim, I want to start off. So Wednesday morning, I get tipped off from uh, one of our listeners, followers, who so that um, <clears throat> it was like out of a movie, heavy FBI action, North Kingstown. I made my way over there, did a live stream. Folks, we have it up on the website. Um, but unbelievable, uh, guns drawn. And I, lo and behold, it turns out that apparently the accusation and charges are that there's a defendant from North Kingstown who was in the Capitol on January 6th and boom, they brought him into court on Wednesday afternoon. And you, we're going to go through the charges with you, Tim Dodd.
1: Well, yeah, um, it's unfortunately, it seems to me another um, overzealous exercise of police authority against selective targets. Yep. Um, think back to Roger Stone. There was really no reason to have these like stormtroopers in the early morning hours with machine guns to arrest an elderly man who um, was offering no resistance to um, being arrested, cuffed, and taken away. Um, This is another unsubtle message from the government that, you know, you're, you're not going to f- screw around with us, and w- we've got more power than you do. Um, if the guy is involved, and if he's to be prosecuted, and if there's sufficient evidence, let the chips fall. But the message that was sent out was loud and clear. I mean, there's been other incidents with um, similar unnecessary overreactions the um, the trump advisor economic advisor who resisted uh the subpoena they arrested him and shackled him in the airport yeah. um peter navarro i mean he's not he's not going to resist he's not going to run away he's not a danger to the cops but it was another i think overzealous uh demonstration of authority there was all of that didn't happen to this guy from North Kingston by accident. Apparently, um, the feds have been scouring video, um, zealously going after anyone involved in the January 6 events, like they've never gone after people before. Um, this guy apparently is on video at the front of a line of uh, people trying to get into the Capitol pushing against a police barricade, uh, pushing against a a line of police with like, you know, the riot. um, It looks like a windshield pushing against them actively involved. Um, If, if it's an appropriate charge, then, you know, he did commit a felony assault. Mm -hmm. Um, He did commit a trespass onto federal property. Um, So the charges are all um, potentially legitimate Wow. But the overzealous prosecution here, um, I, I, I just find disturbing. Um, if the crimes were actually committed, fine. Um, but this guy is likely going to be looking at um, being held with, without bail, just like many of the other defendants in this matter. Um, a completely disparate um, pre-trial situation than most um, criminal defendants would get. So um, this guy's in trouble and anyone else who was there, who the feds can figure out from watching videos um, will also be subject to prosecution. Oh. They, th- this is an investigation like nothing we've seen before to, right. the, to the extent the, there is an ability to prove that this was an organized insurrection, which is a specific legal term, well, then this would all be appropriate. But the, the real fundamental question is, was this an insurrection? I mean, you have to give the whole situation a little context, and this is more political than legal. This is in January 2021, after a bitter election, Go back in time six months, and there was a summer of riots all over the country. People people pissed off about this, that, and the other thing. Many legitimate concerns. There was the whole um, Floyd situation, you know, burning burning down cities, rioting, torching federal buildings, torching police station, uh, attacking police officers. Now, these are not the same people out protesting, but I think... The message seemed at the time to be loud and clear. Hey, if you're pissed out, pissed off, take to the streets. Uh, let the let the world, let the government know what you're mad about. And other people got away with it for a whole summer. And I'm sure these folks figured that they could do similar things. Um, they didn't burn anything. They didn't torch anything. Um, you know, the talking point in the mass media is that. Um, People died. Well, we know Amy Babbitt died, unfortunately. It shot at point blank range. We know a few of the other um, officers patrolling the Capitol building after the events suffered some. Um, one had a heart attack. There were a few different situations. And I'm not condoning or justifying any of right. those things, right. obviously. But in my view, this was not a quote unquote insurrection. Right. I think these are people who had a good faith, uh, belief that, um, an election count had not been done correctly, that there were yeah. some shenanigans, um, you know, this whole January six, um, mm. he- committee hearing is simply to keep, I think Donald Trump on defense, keep him on the ropes, uh, keep having negative media reports, keep having, um, Magazines like The Atlantic and other similar publications saying Trump should go to jail, he should go to jail, he should go to jail. And, you know, when you see it on TV every night, you watch, if, you, if anyone still watches the late night talk shows, um, it's a bashing of President Trump. But still, there's nothing specific. He said, we're going to peacefully march down to the Capitol and let our legislators know what we think of what's happened here. Right. He didn't say storm the building, light a fire, smash a window. Right. um, Take over the government.
0: They certainly didn't light a fire. Tim Dodd, is this a jail case just based on the charges we're looking at?
1: Based on the zealousness of this prosecution? Yes. um, yeah, I think it's a jail case, and I don't think there's any chance that this guy negotiates successfully some sort of a uh, plea bargain disposition. Oh. Uh, I think the government has made up its mind, we're going to nail you to the wall, and we're going to send a message so that no one ever attempts such a thing again. How, how dare you come to the Capitol and protest an election that you think was stolen? Mind Mm -hmm. your place, stay home, don't come to Washington. That's the message.
0: Yeah, I'm just trying to think, Tim Dodd. I and again, folks, it's Bernard Joseph, sir. I 47 arrested, um, Rhode Island Joint Terrorism Task Force, the raid on his North Kingstown home. Five federal felony misdemeanor charges obstruction of law enforcement, physical violence, and acts of physical violence. The Capitol Ground, um, it's also interesting, Tom, Tim Dodd. They they seemingly found his photo. Uh, I think from his passport photo was how they were able to get it. And then they he had a certain hat on at the Capitol that day. And then they found it. Who knows how the technology, but on Facebook, they found that that hat and then, well, actually, they found the passport photo. That's kind of looks similar. And then I, I learned that they pulled his work records and he was, was out of work on January uh, 5th, 6th, and then 7th. And so then they, They moved in, but he's over six feet brought into the courtroom, Tim Dodd, handcuffs and shackles. I mean, I'm just, I'm trying to think of another type of allegation where someone in fact, you know, was, was kind of treated in that manner. And I can't come up with one.
1: No, it's, it's, it's all for the optics of what picture goes in the newspapers and what videos go on TV to send the message. Um, This administration is in charge, and mm-hmm. if you resist this administration um, in a manner similar to what occurred or anything else, we're going to come get you, and we're going to bring you into court. What, why on earth would Peter Navarro have been shackled yeah. at an airport? There's right. no legitimate reason no. for it. None no. whatsoever. No. They, if they had said to him, look, we've got an arrest warrant. You've got to surrender yourself. Boom. He's there. He he shows up with his attorney and says, "Here he is." Right. What what what, what do they think was going to happen? Yeah. Um. So, even if anyone out there despises Donald Trump, and anyone out there who thinks that this administration is doing a great job, wherever you stand politically, you you really should be concerned at these sort of literally Gestapo, mm. you know. Um, brown shirt, brown Damn. shirt tactics that are being used. The message is not subtle; it's unambiguous. Um, you're, the message is stay in line, don't challenge, mind mm. your place. But that was that's John, one for the books, though. You should have oh, seen
0: all the. Car- they had seven vehicles there. It was I. I, I just I'm, I couldn't. I'm actually kind of surprised at the charge, just because I thought normally with this type of manpower they went in with. Guns drawn, that it would have been um, more than one individual, but it, it was apparently just him. And then they removed his firearms from his house. Well, John, it, it's a little ahead. bit,
1: it's a little bit different. But let's go back in Rhode Island a few years when Nick Kettle got charged yes. for
0: oh my crime, god, what a show where, that was?
1: And the reason being is the alleged victim, who really wasn't a victim, had allegedly some connection to a state trooper. trooper, So boom, the state troopers go in on a Friday with multiple troopers, multiple vehicles. I mean, Nick Heddle's about probably a five foot six guy. He's probably very Maybe slight of build. pounds soaking very wet. Very slight uh, of build. Had the dog.
0: And, he, and then he, I remember he had to spend
1: the whole weekend at the ACI. Well, yeah, they did, did it on dropped. a Friday yeah. after hours to make sure he stayed in jail for the weekend. Wow. And that sort of police power and that sort of state power yeah. is something when it's abused in that manner um, should send a chill through every citizen that this can happen in this day and age. It's just wrong.
0: Folks, we're going to take a, a short break. Much more ahead, attorney, Tim Dodd, right here on the John DiPietro Show. The next time you have an emergency, head straight to AtMed Urgent Care, two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122 in Johnston, or East Greenwich 5750 Post Road. AtMed Urgent Care, urgent health care facility, Providing comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families specializing in ambulatory medicine, diagnostic treatment service, at med urgent care. They provide immunization, school, sports physicals. They're a cost efficient health care alternative to hospital based emergencies. They're open seven days a week, walk in routine, urgent care, minor surgical, orthopedic, and trauma, work related injuries physical exams, drug testing, full laboratory services, and with AtMed Urgent Care, they offer mononuclear antibody infusions. You, someone in your family suffering from COVID, you want to go straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, Johnston, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122, or East Greenwich, 5750 Post Road, online at atmedurgentcare.net. We're speaking with our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, last Friday, I went and covered there was an abortion rally in the aftermath of the decision of Roe at the Rhode Island State House. Um, I was there for a while, kind of get tired of it, ready to go home. As I am leaving there, I had two people with me. The last person I saw who came up to me he said, hey, John, and it, it was John Lugo, who was uh, running for office, So I got to know a little bit, Providence Police Officer, I said to him, hey, you know, what what are you doing here? And I thought maybe he was working, playing clothes, something like that. He's like, oh, I'm just here to listen. We know by now. You know, then a ruckus broke out literally probably 10 minutes after that. Um, he then claims he, you know, there was a fight. Someone was under attack. He went to break it up. Uh, people are pulling on him. He... But the, there was a video that was done that was slowed down, five seconds slow motion of him slapping or punching at the time his Senate opponent, Jennifer Rourke. That video, Tim Dodd, I, I've never seen a local video go viral like that. To, as we speak, there's five million views on it. It rocketed. And on, on Tuesday afternoon, late day, end of day, Providence Police put out a statement. That basically, it, it, to me, I read like they're firing him over the, the five second video clip with no context that was posted. Um, he's going to be arraigned, I believe, on the charge a week next Friday, next Friday. But I, I don't remember, Tim Dodd, that type of scathing letter from the chief of police about an individual basically saying he either should resign or we're going to fire him anyway.
1: Well, they can't do that, obviously, but it's a nice media report and it it stirs up, um, you know, uh, sentiment on both sides of this abortion issue, which was the reason for this um, demonstration at the Statehouse. But this um, John Lugo has not been a Providence police officer for a very long time. However, he's had no previous infractions, no discipline problems, no nothing. Um, I don't know if he'll get out of this criminally. Um, Right now he is suspended with pay, uh, which is his right under the uh, policeman bill of rights. He's entitled to a hearing separate and apart from whatever goes on in court um, regarding um, the uh, assault charge. He's got a very good lawyer, Dan Griffin. I know him well, very competent trial lawyer, more than competent, very good trial lawyer. Um, and, you know, Dan is not going to be a shrinking violet or a potted plant. He's got a little bit of information to work with. So the five second video sort of reminds me in a, in a much smaller way of the selective videos that were put out through the media in the Rittenhouse case, the selective Edited, edited videos that were put out in the Nick Sandman case. Nick Sandman, Tim Dodd. Edited. To show what they want to show. And that's just not right. So when you look at the video, the five-second slowdown video, if you will, it shows this guy slapping, I don't know if it's a closed fist. It didn't look like it. Right. And the person that he makes contact with is his opponent, yeah. Uh, coincidentally. Now, if you look at the whole video, there's a much longer video, which I don't think has 5 million views because the the long video came out second and it's not as um, dra- dramatic. Yeah. It's, not,
0: it's, well, not. It's,
1: not as, it's not as dramatic. It doesn't have the, the, the money shot, if you will, of a right. cop making contact with a, a citizen. Yes. A very chaotic scene. And Lugo, is attempting, I believe, to move in the direction of someone who is being hassled or hit or pushed or shoved. While he's trying to move in to diffuse a situation that he's not directly involved with, he's grabbed from behind. And it appears from the video that he's grabbed by a woman with a sort of a pink sweater yeah, or, or sweatshirt. Or yeah that, and that's his political opponent. Right. Now she's she's assaulting him yeah. right there. She's holding him. She's grabbed his arms. It's an unwanted touching. She hasn't been charged with anything, which no. I find astonishing. Well, from a legal perspective astonishing, from a political perspective not so much. But right. he turns around and makes contact he's not going to deny he made contact. It's there. So the question is, was he trying to break free and get away from someone who was holding him? Um, Was his reaction appropriate or was it an overreaction? You know, there's the notion of self-defense, but there's also the notion of imperfect self-defense. So, you know, if you punch me, my response is not necessarily to pull out a knife and stab you because the force that I use is disproportionate and unnecessary to the force you used against me. But it's not just that this guy saw his political opponent and, sli- opponent and decided to slap her in the head. Right. She assaulted him first. Right. Now, was his reaction appropriate or did it go too far? There is an issue here that he yeah. does have. He's not a stone loser on this one. Oh. It's not an easy case, but he has talking points. The other thing that, and if this goes back to things we talk about frequently, John, there's a newspaper article. So the press tries to get to Lugo, and they asked if he hit her, what he he did, what he meant to do, and he says, I'm not going to deny. It was very chaotic. I really can't tell you right now. It happened very fast. Again, he, like any defendant in this situation, should shut up. He should right. not say anything to the right. press. Nothing. Radio silence. Yeah. No comments. Right. He cannot help himself trying yeah. to defend himself in the media. Um, so he does acknowledge, uh, apparently, making contact. He doesn't quite say the words, but he says, I'm not going to deny. What is what isn't he denying? That he defended himself? What is he denying? That he did make contact with her? He should right. really keep quiet and let his lawyer quarterback his case and be quiet, get his pay while on administrative leave, and let his lawyer defend him before the, yeah. um, the court on a, what's a simple assault charge and with the Bill of Rights hearing. He, he is not necessarily a guy who's going to get terminated. I think that pronouncement by um, um, the Providence Police Department, how yeah. can they go wrong saying that? It's a good political right. thing to say in the heat of the moment. Within
0: five days. yeah. Um, Tim Dodd, sticking with just the way this was presented, I mean, it is really extraordinary. Five million views. But as I'm looking at the clip right here, and it was put out on Twitter where the media picks it up. That's where the media lives. But it says you know, moment general Strucker appears to be a Senate opponent. Now there's no context. And if you don't know any better, you just think, as you said, he walked up and like slugged her maybe as she was speaking. Now I did speak with, um, I took a call from out of town reporter who was wondering about it and said, he thinks there's a problem because there should be, when you edit a video, never mind put it in slow motion, there should have been a link to the full video just to kind of cover yourself for full context. Um, I mean, I I think the the Providence police basically came out and said they want to fire him because of this because of this clip. And I know the Lugo people are saying, hey, wait a minute, this doesn't tell the full story. It it sounds to him, Dodd, that he could have some legal action here.
1: Well, he's been maligned. Yeah. Much like Nick Sandman was maligned by the media running for days, a selective video. Yeah. And the, the thing with Sandman, which could be analogous to this case, is while the media, I think it was NBC started it, while they were running a false narrative and editing the video of what happened between uh, Nick Sandman and the, um, I think the gentleman was of with the drum. a nat- with the drum yeah. of Native American, Native American um, ancestry, yeah. They knew they were lying. They knew yeah. they had the whole thing. They knew they edited it. Yeah. They knew they were misrepresenting what this kid did right. and what he didn't do. And that's where they wound up paying big money damages because they, they maligned him. They held him up to public ridicule and scorn. And they knew better. They had the mm. real information. And instead of um, putting forth the truth, they manipulated it. So they yeah. knew they were misrepresenting him. It was an intentional act.
0: That's right. Sandman won big time.
1: Oh, huge, huge. He'll never have to work again. But Lugo could Mm -hmm. say something similar, that the media is running this um, piece, and I'm not certain, John, you probably would be, the five-second video, was that put forth on behalf of any local station or was it a private person who put it up? You out? know,
0: that, that's a, a little bit of a more in-depth. Um, the individual that did it is actually the full-time producer of the Dan York Show. Now, he's, yes, they were trying to run cover and he was trying to say, oh no, I, I was just there on my own. But he was there, he's a full-time employee. Uh, the the morning show producer was also yes. there and he was there in his role. So I, I it's been my experience and they would tell you, tell you when you work there hey listen you're a full-time employee at the station you don't it's not like he was at eating at a restaurant and then had an altercation and something happened he was there covering an event he's in a managerial role with WPRO Cumulus he's the afternoon producer I don't know Tim Dodd how you could say well the morning guy that works with Gene he was there in his role as a producer but the afternoon guy was there on his own they can try to split the baby I, I just don't see how and then bill bartholomew again he was on the station that monday recapping the whole thing well yeah I,
1: he thought he i had don't think a big... you can
0: take off your hat in that way and say oh no when that happened i was just there on my own you're uh, there's also a video of of him saying it's me bill bartholomew from wpro so he identifies himself
1: well, as a member of the station. I didn't know he had made that that, that identification, yeah. but if he did so well, the station's definitely going to be on the hook. Yeah. And, you know, when Bartholomew first put this out there, he thought he had a scoop akin to any of these other national right. profile cases. He thought he had a winner. He was going to get a lot of press coverage, yeah. not realizing that the other producer that you mentioned, yes. I think the, the morning show producer, morning, his video captures... The afternoon guy, making his own video.
0: Yes, exactly right. And so showing Lugo, Lugo bod, being body slammed, as a matter yes. of yes. fact. So yes. So you could certainly make the argument, Tim Dodd. The station had the proper video that could have put it in context, but chose to allow Bartholomew to run with that and that statement of the the Providence police, because no one else. You can't blame ten or twelve. It's not like they. It's not like everybody had video and ran it. It was one person that had that five-second clip, slowed it down, and again, that's the one that rocketed to 5 million. So,
1: How many many times have we discussed that the first narrative is never the right narrative? That's right, yeah. It's over and over and over. All the media stations and outlets want to be the first with the story. They want to have the most sensational coverage. They want to have the most sensational allegations, especially if there's a racial component or anything akin to that. And then when all the facts come out, it's very dissimilar to what the first reporting suggested the facts were going to be. Yeah. Um, it's a, a disturbing um, trend.
0: A reporter at a national, um, one of the cable news channels, suggested and said that they should have included the, a link to entire clip here couple of themselves he was actually surprised there was no link there and said boy you leave yourself wide open because that seems like here's what happened with no context or anything folks quick break much more ahead attorney tim dodd right here on the john dipito show time means grill time and for the best grill get a new grill stop in and see my friends J's Broadway Appliance and TV. J' s yes, Broadway Appliance and TV, located 47 Cedar Swamp Road. That's Route 5, Smithfield. You can call them 401-949-7800. Springtime, summer. This is the best time to grill outside. They have a great selection on grills. They also have a great selection on all appliances. Family-run business since 1963. Remember, you're going to deal directly with the owner and they will match or beat any package deal when it comes to appliances. Do you need a new refrigerator? How about a new dishwasher, washing machine, dryer, oven, microwave? Jay's Broadway Appliance. Look for them online at jsappliance.com. Also on Facebook, springtime, summer is grill time. Stop in and see them. They're open Monday through Friday from 10 to 5. You can make an appointment for more personal Saturday and Sunday Appointments. Jay's Broadway Appliance and TV, 401 949 7800 Better yet, drive in and see them. 47 Cedar Swamp Road Route 5 in Smithfield. We're speaking with our legal expert, attorney Tim Dodd. Well, Tim Dodd, the uh Olivia Passeretti's family finally got the news of how this armored cigarist is going to be charged. Not only do we learn what he's going to be charged with, then we also found out his girlfriend, uh Peckham, of which she went and picked him up she hit him under the bed. Um, and oh, that's where he was found anyway, at her apartment. She's also being charged. But initially the first reaction is they did not get the murder charge that they were looking for.
1: Well, it's, I think the prosecutors have to assess the facts and, um, it's, it's pointless to overcharge the case. If you, if you don't have the goods to sure. get a conviction and I'm sure for Olivia's family, a murder charge uh, would have been more, I don't want to say emotionally satisfying because the, it's, it's never a good outcome, but maybe feeling they're getting more vindication for their daughter's senseless death at the hands of this guy. But he was charged with a number of felonies, um, driving to endanger death resulting, leaving the scene of an accident um and uh, leaving the scene of an accident involving death so and he's also a frequent offender he's going to be charged with that enhancement so from his perspective if he is either convicted after trial or plea bargains something for himself this is definitely a jail case mm. this is the case of no your your listeners will recall He basically said, I'm going to go out, I'm going to drive drunk, and I'm going to cause some trouble out there. Now, that's premeditation, arguably. But that state of mind that I'm going to drink and go out and drive around and cause some trouble, did he have the specific intent to hit this girl for a specific reason, or was she just the unlucky person who came across his path at the wrong time? I, I think that a a homicide charge, a murder charge, um, might have been a bridge too far on a case like this. But they're okay. going to definitely ring this guy up on driving to endanger death resulting and leaving the scene death resulting. He, It's a case that he should not take the trial. If If he gets any sort of a plea bargain deal, he's going to have to do some time, in my opinion, Now, his girlfriend was charged with um, aiding and abetting um, a person who was involved in an accident with death resulting, uh, harboring a criminal, uh, misprison of a felony, and obstructing an officer in the execution of his duty. She hid the guy. She hid him for a long time. She came to the scene and picked him up and drove him away from what I understand. That's right. Um, So is hers a jail case. I'm not sure about her criminal record. I Mm. mean, he's a, he's a habitual offender. So there's no way he's going to get out of this without doing some time in my estimation. Her, I'm not so sure, but because of the high profile nature of this case, um, she's not in a very good position. Will she do time? Eh, maybe not. Would she get a long suspended sentence potentially? But she has to be punished along with him because had she not interceded, yeah, uh, this guy would have been charged potentially with um, driving while intoxicated death right. resulting, which right. would have been a much longer potential prison term than simply driving to endanger death resulting. The intoxication mm. enhancement means many, many more years in prison.
0: Folks, so speak with our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dodd. Tim, this next case is interesting. Gordy Ernst, a uh, famed Cranston hockey tennis player, got caught up in the Varsity Blues case. So this is interesting. Dick Ernst was this revered tennis hockey coach in Cranston and Gordy Ernst basically is trying to get some leniency here. It's saying that the father almost, I don't know what to make of his plea, other than <laughs> it also sounds like the mother, because Dick Ernst has passed away, that his own mother undercuts him and says, no, that's not true. He was, you know, he's loved and all. Um, what are we to make of other than the, it seems like the cupboard is beer, and so Gordy is just trying to grab something to try to get some leniency here.
1: Well, John, when this, this, to go back in time a little bit, when when the Varsity Blues case broke, we talked a lot about how defendants who came in from the cold early yeah. on admitted right. their involvement, took their punishment, got the best deals. Yeah. Felicity Huffman went to jail for, what, like 10 days? Right. Um, Aunt Becky went to jail for a very short period of time. Um, they um, did what they needed to do, especially Felicity Huffman. She was probably the the best counsel because she came in first, said, yep, I was involved. Yep, I did everything they say. And she was in and out of the system, all done. When you're the last person left standing Mm. and you don't take a deal and you don't cooperate with the government and you don't testify against other similarly charged people, you typically take the brunt of the hit. Yeah. and right now, except for that guy Silver, who his cooperation will probably really uh, reduce his potential um, prison time, Cordy Ernst is the last person standing.. Yeah. Now, he, he took a plea deal with the caveat that the maximum he could catch for jail time would be four years. Had he simply gone to trial, he could have caught more than four years, but right. he, he pled with it. it was a capped plea, if you will, that he can't be sentenced to more than four years. Yep. So now, after he pleads guilty, there's a whole period of time where there's a pre-sentence report, the court will take um, information from whoever, people who say that Gordy is a great guy, people who say that Gordy is a horrible guy, whatever they say they say um i found it peculiar that he (laughs) i don't get it he's trying to blame his involvement in this financial conspiracy because his dad was a tough guy i mean he basically says his childhood was hell yeah he had to perform in sports and if he didn't perform he'd get beat up his dad would take off the belt and hit him the dad would punch him And that if he had a bad game, that'd be hell to pay. Okay. So I'm not sure where the correlation comes because my dad was a monster who uh, demanded that I perform um, um, uh, in sports or I would be physically punished. Uh, Does that equate to saying since I was forced to always succeed and be the best that I needed to break the rules to get more money so I could be the best financially. It doesn't make sense. Mom mom comes along (laughs) and said that that Dick Ernst never did any of those things, that he was a great dad, that he was a little bit focused and a little bit stern, but he never hit the kids. He was never abusive to the kids. So here's mom defending her deceased husband, (laughs) essentially throwing her son under the the bus. Wow. So if I'm the judge who's going to impose sentence, yeah. number one, I don't think G- Gordy's argument that I should get leniency because my dad was a tough SOB. I don't think that's going to wash, especially if mom had come forward and said, yeah, you know, Gordy, you know, he went through a lot because, you know, the dad did X, Y, and Z. Uh, give him some leniency, he's had a tough life because he was always forced to perform or else get, you know, hit and beat and hit with a belt. Mom undercuts that. So I don't think the judge is going to give that anyway.
0: Tim Dodd, finally, just your perspective on these J6 hearings, obviously, you know, got a lot of attention blew up. the Mark Meadows, uh, assistant or staffer that was testifying. One of the first things that people need to realize is, This is not none of this. It wouldn't be allowed in a court of law. It's all hearsay. There's all these accusations, everything else. But it's obviously, I think, working for the attention they want to get. But Tim Dodd, this is not like a real trial because of all these different accusations. Would would she be allowed to go in there in a regular court of law? And he said this and that one said that. And he told me this and they told me that would. I mean, you I'm anxious just to hear your perspective.
1: Well, no, this is this is not anything close to a trial. Right. This is nothing close to what would happen in a courtroom. Um, if this was in a courtroom, obviously the defendants or the people opposed to what the government's trying to do would have the right to pursue discovery, would have the right to depose people who have not even been questioned, yep. including but not limited to. Nancy Pelosi, including but not limited to the mayor of of DC, to the head of the Metro Police Department, to the head of the Capitol Police Department. Um, You know, there's so many people who have not had to answer for their conduct, what they did and what they failed to do. Yeah. You know, my understanding is that President Trump asked for more security to be brought in, knowing that there was going to be a big crowd the request was denied. Why was it denied? There's lots of video, my understanding is, from inside and outside the Capitol building, which has never been released. There are clearly people who participated in um, the events of January 6th who are identified. People know exactly who they are. They've never been called in to testify. That's right. There's a specter that some of some government agents undercover were interspersed yeah. into the crowd. Right-ups. I don't know if it's yeah. I don't know if it's right. true. I know we don't know because it's
0: hanging out there.
1: It's it's it would be better to know conclusively either that's an urban legend that's not true, or it actually happened. Yeah, but it's it's not being investigated properly nope. it's being investigated politically for a specific yeah. political outcome not this mm-hmm. is not an investigation to find the truth this nope. cassidy hutchinson who's the new star witness is, she's claiming that uh, the president wanted his supporters to you know get close in on the rally even if right. they were armed I, get to the and yeah. the president has said i never said any such thing i wouldn't want right. people in my crowd who are armed with guns but this is what she says. Yeah. Now, she says that the president demanded to be taken to the Capitol. The Secret <laughs> Service said, sorry, Mr. President, it's too dangerous. We're going right. back to the White House. And so, <laughs> somehow she claims he lunges forward and tries from, I guess, the back of a big stretch um, limousine.
0: Yeah, the beast. The beast. <laughs> yeah. Now,
1: w- was the president ticked off? I'm sure he was. Right. Did the president try to commandeer the beast and force it to go to the, to the Capitol? I, oh, I find that implausible. Yeah. And, and what also I find remarkable is naturally they bring this woman in for prime time because they know it's going to get a lot of negative Trump headlines. Yeah. But the secret service has come out after her testimony and says, wait, no one talked to us. We're going to be releasing a statement because We're rebutting, and we will do it at the appropriate time, probably in writing, we rebut and we refute and we deny many of the things she claims happened vis-a-vis the president and the Secret Service. Now, did this committee bother to speak to the Secret Service people to see if this woman was credible or not? I don't think they care if she's credible. She's saying things they want to hear because yeah. it's salacious. It puts uh, yep. President Trump in a bad light. It's gonna get headlines for days. It's gonna be on oh, yeah. every hour on CNN. Yep. And I don't think they care about the truth. I mean, oh. if it was a true truth-finding exercise, this would be handled in an entirely different way. They don't want any Republicans who might push back against what they're doing. They don't want to have the minority party there. They don't want the minority party to have subpoena power. Um, They don't want the minority party to be able to pick the representatives that are on this committee. The only Republicans on this committee are, you know, died in the world Trump haters. That's right. Picked by Nancy Pelosi. She wouldn't allow um, Kevin McCarthy's picks to even be seated on this committee. It's a joke.
0: Yeah. Folks, he is our legal expert, Attorney Tim Dott. Tim, great job as always, and we will talk to you again.
1: Thanks, John. Brother's
0: Disposal. Call them today, 401 688 0517. Brother's Disposal. Get a dumpster in your driveway. You can clean out unwanted belongings. Maybe clean out your garage. Clean out your basement. Clean out your attic. Old toys. Old things you don't even use anymore. Old furniture. It's so much easier when you have a dumpster delivered right to your home and then they'll take it away when you're done, whether it's for a weekend, for a week, for a month. Brothers Disposal. Call Brother Roland today at 401-688-0517. 401-688-0517. Come on, brother. Call Brothers Disposal. Look for them on Facebook. They have those purple dumpsters. They're also now offering weekly trash collection services. Call Brothers Disposal today. Whether it's a small household construction project or maybe just cleaning out some unwanted belongings, get a dumpster in your driveway or business. Brothers Disposal. 401. six eight eight zero five one seven.